0: This episode of Locked on Thunder is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one of a kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinct designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a unique, beautiful diamond ring. Launching exclusively on January 18th at Bluenile.com, this is exciting limited time collection of diamond engagement rings that launched january 18th you can preview these exclusively at blue
1: you are locked on thunder your daily oklahoma city thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. The show is on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. You can email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com, and be sure to call into the show 405. 405- 362 7128. On Wednesday, we will have a very special voicemail episode. So, again, 405 362 7128. On today's show, I wanted to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder assigning Alexei Pokoshevsky, Ty Jerome, Josh Hall, Moses Brown to the G League bubble. What does that mean for each player, for the Blue, for the Thunder, and the rotation? We'll talk about all of that. We're also going to recap tonight's game against the Houston Rockets. So we already knew that the two-way players, Moses Brown and Josh Hall, we already knew that they were going to go to the bubble. What we did not know until pregame today with the media availability was that Poku and Ty Jerome are also heading to the G League bubble. Mark says that this was always part of the plan, especially for Poku. Uh, And so we can knock Ty Jerome out real quick. I would imagine Ty Jerome is close to being back and close to playing, and that's why he's going to the blue. I don't imagine you send him down there just to rehab, especially whenever they've made it clear that they're not going to add players to this roster, and we'll talk about that roster construction in a little bit, but they made it clear they're not going to add players or anything, so I don't know why you would just go ahead and assign him there just to get him out of your hair, I guess. I think that he's going to play eventually. Now, he might not play opening night, in the G league bubble on February 11th. But I think that eventually throughout this stretch in the bubble, he's going to play and it might be February 11th, but but eventually he'll play in the bubble, I think. And that's why that you sent him down there. And then for Poku is where things get interesting. Um, I found it a tad surprising and it's not earth shattering. It's not anything to write home about, but a tad surprising uh, that Poku's going to get sent down to the, to the blue uh, in the bubble because he was already getting rotational minutes. And and since that Clippers game, you started to see him turn the corner a little bit, averaging four points per game, two rebounds per game, one assist per game, 1.2 blocks per game, 26% from the floor and 22% from three in 18 minutes per game is where you see the biggest jump because as the season overall, including that stretch in the rest of the season, he is only shooting 18% from deep and 24% from the floor. So he was getting better game by game and still getting 18 minutes per night. And so I thought that that was pretty valuable, uh, you know, experience and, and valuable uh, minutes for him. However, the flip side of that coin is while those NBA minutes might technically be more valuable, it's also very valuable to expand those minutes to like 20, 30 a night in the G League and have just a tremendous amounts of success. I have no question that Poku is going to dominate in the G League bubble. So that can be a really good thing for Alexei Pokashevsky. And so the questions immediately become, number one, does this rule out Poku for the rest of the season? It absolutely does not. Because if the Blue do not make the playoffs, their season in the bubble ends March 6th. Now, it can extend uh, past that by a few days if they make the playoffs because the playoffs are not a series in in the bubble. So even if they make the playoffs, Poku will not be in the bubble all that long after March 6th as they head into a single elimination tournament. But if you operate as if the Thunder, or or the Blue in this case, will not make the playoffs, which I think that they have a good chance to make the playoffs, but again, the season technically ends on the 6th of March. What else happens on the 6th of March? Well, that is the Saturday of the All-Star festivities, and that's in the middle of the All-Star break. So the season ends before the second half of the NBA season even gets going. So this by no means rules out Poku for the rest of the season he'll be back he'll be playing with the Thunder again but for the time being there is some there is some value of him dominating in the G League and 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 having a firm role of okay this is going to be your usage this is going to be your minutes this is how we're going to use you and doesn't really it doesn't really rely on his teammates and, and the lineup he's in because any lineup with Poku in it is going to be the focus on Poku you know from a strategic standpoint, from a, from a system standpoint. And we'll hear more from coach Gibbs today at noon. So follow along on Twitter as I'll tweet out about the press conference at noon on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. We're going to talk to him. I'll ask him. I'm sure other people will ask him how he's going to use Poku. And if he's had any kind of conversations with Mark not about, you know, what to focus on with Poku in the bubble, but he will play for the Thunder again, this season, even again, the season ends before the second half of the NBA season. And, what, what I found most surprising about it is the fact that he was already getting NBA minutes. Unlike, you know, the examples that people threw out in the past. And also the fact that in the past, the G league was across the street. Now the G league is in Florida. And so that brings up another question that people had. Well, how does the recall situation work? Right. Can Poku come back before the season's over in the, in the bubble? I would assume, and again, this is an assumption. I would assume Yes. Because if you think back to the Al Horford situation, uh, where he rejoins the team on the road after being out for personal reasons with the birth of his kid, uh, he was able to rejoin on the road because he stayed in the testing protocol. Well, you would imagine, and I think it's confirmed, that the bubble will have the same testing protocol. So Poku and every other player in the bubble will be staying in the NBA protocols and staying in the testing protocols, and thus allowing them to... To rejoin the team at any time. Now, I do not foresee any player getting called up, reassigned, called up, reassigned uh, to the G League as they normally would in a normal year. I think that once these players get down there, they're going to stay there until March 6th or until their team is eliminated from the postseason. Uh, But technically speaking, I think it would be a feasible option because they're staying in the protocol and. Again, once the season ends, you'll be able to rejoin the team with no questions asked and and hopefully as safely and smoothly as possible due to that testing protocol fact. But we'll hear more from Coach Gibbs today at noon Central Time, so follow along on Twitter. And then for the Blue, this gets very interesting very quickly. Like, the Blue become a legitimately must-watch entertainment source for you uh, because not only do they have Poku, who's your first-round pick from last year – But they have Josh Hall, who I think can be a two-way steal and has so much athleticism and so much talent and is a special wing that can give you great driving ability, great passing ability, great shooting ability, and can be the next diamond in the rough and can take this bubble experience and showcase his skill set. And then whenever he returns on that two-way contract for the second half of the season can then increase his minute load and increase his opportunity. And then in the second half of the season, much as we saw with Lou Dort from January on last year, he will show you why he's so valuable. So this can be a really big deal for Josh Hall. I'm also extremely fascinated by, by Ty Jerome. I think that Ty Jerome is kind of in that spot where we're going to see roster turnover. Every single year, you have roster turnover. You have different changing parts. The Thunder could very well be welcoming in three valuable NBA draft picks this offseason. Before you even start the actual transactions, you have three draft picks that must have a spot, along with the already locked-in roster spot like SGA, Dort, Baisley, Maldon, Poku. All those guys already have a locked-in spot, plus the three valuable draft picks you draft this year And then Ty Jerome can kind of find himself on the fringe of the bubble of this roster. So him getting healthy, him playing, and him playing well can go a long way for the future of his NBA career. I don't imagine he'll be off this roster in a year's time, but it's going to start getting close, and it's going to start becoming a numbers crunch as the days pass. So while it might not make or break if he's on this team next year, it would go a long way to currying some favor if he can play very well with the blue. And then with Moses Brown, I think he'll be really fun. I think that he will he will play very well. And you saw him start to develop some post moves his last couple of outings, albeit in garbage time. I think we' fun to watch. I'm still not sold on his long-term projection as an NBA player. And then the last one, which is just an automatic blue player, not a Thunder player, but Yort 7. Yort 7 had so many fans this training camp. Like, the second he got signed, just so many people flooded my mentions about Yort 7. So I want to watch him play and see what he can do. Uh, but the game against the G League Ignite team, which will be the most fascinating game because you're playing against first-round draft picks, uh, for 2021 will happen February 12th on ESPNU at 2 p.m. Central Time. And then the season gets started Game 1 on February 11th, 10.30 a.m. ESPN+. Plus. We're also going to talk to the G League Ignite coach, Coach Brian Shaw, and a player from the G League Ignite team this morning at 7.30 Central Time. So when you wake up, when you listen to this podcast, go check out what Coach Shaw had to say on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. I want to talk about what this could mean for the actual thunder in terms of the rotational minutes and much more. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the place you want to be this weekend. Listen, we've got a full docket of college hoops, we've got a full docket of the NBA action. We have baseball odds for winning the division in the World Series as baseball looks like they're going to start on time this year and play a full 162. And oh yeah, we also got this little thing called the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. So bet on my Kansas City Chiefs To win the Super Bowl at betonline.ag, it's the one place that has you covered, the one place that we trust. Betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can bet on literally anything. We bet on this game tonight against the Houston Rockets. Let's see how we did later on in the show. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team's every day. We are covering everything you need to know about the Thunder, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski It's all the sport news you need every single morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast from. I want to talk about what this move means for the Thunder in terms of NBA minutes. They're going to send down Ty Jerome and Poku, lose Josh Holland Brown to the bubble as well. And now they have 12 active players on their roster because also Trevor Reza is sitting at home indefinitely. And so the question becomes who takes over those Poku minutes. Because, because you know, Ariza and Jerome, they do not have minutes to begin with. But Poku is playing 18 minutes per game on this road trip. And I think that the answer will not be a one-for-one swap. Like I don't think that you just take Poku's minutes and just give, him, give them all to just some random person on the bench. I think that you'll see a mixture of different things happen. The first thing I, I believe will happen is that Isaiah Roby will now get constant minutes. Since Al Horford returned, you saw him have a wide range of minutes, even as low as nine minutes a game. I think that you see him get more consistency and get more stability in this rotation. But I also would not be surprised if we start to see Darius Miller play. Look, you're down to 12 players, and if Darius Miller can catch fire from three, can show he's a valuable piece, he's only owed $7 million. So could he be worth a second-round pick in a month's time come the March deadline? If he gets minutes now and can prove he can still be of value to somebody, what better time than now to to experiment with that? Because the other option is Justin Jackson. And Justin Jackson is a good player in the sense of he's a professional. He's going to do his job. He's going to try his best. He's going to give you 110% effort each night. He'll be ready to go in no matter the minutes you give him. So if you give him one minute on Saturday, but 30 minutes on Tuesday, he'll give you a consistency and he'll give you that stability that you need you know what you're going to get from him. Uh, now the shots might not fall, but you know what you're going to get from him. You know what he, what his play style is. It does not vary per opponent or per minutes given to him. So he's that steady hand in a little, in a, in a way, even though again, those shots don't always fall with Darius Miller. He is more of a wild card. There's more upside there. You know, there's more of a what if factor. Nobody will talk themselves into Justin Jackson. So if you just throw the minutes at Justin Jackson, you're kind of just twiddling your thumbs a little bit. In my opinion, But I think that someone can legitimately talk themselves into the $7 million owed to Darius Miller if he gets some quality looks and he can be of of value to you at the deadline. Nothing to write home about, but a second-round pick down the line could eventually turn into Hamadou Diallo, who has been on this team since 2018 and has served in a valuable role and has played as a contributor on this team since then. And he was picked in the late second round, not even a valuable second-round pick. In terms of the the pick of the slot he was assigned to. It is very interesting. To me, I think that Darius Miller is the one to keep an eye on. But if you had to place a bet gun to your head, the safest route to go is more minutes for Roby and Justin Jackson plays a lot more. But I think that there's a chance that we see something wild in Darius Miller plays eventually he's going to have to play because you only have 12 players. And eventually guys are going to need rest. Now Horford's sitting on the second night of a back-to-back, so you lose bodies that way and need to, to increase your roster and play these funky lineups. That's going to happen. Now, in this season, you, you can't help but head into and, and have your mind spin into what does this do COVID-wise? Because the Thunder have now 12 players, and they have no plans of adding more players. This is what they have until March 6th, or until the blue are eliminated from the postseason. So does this impact at all the future of their schedule? In the sense of, they can hardly handle any contact tracing. If there is any contact tracing at all, you're already teetering on the brink of that eight-player threshold. You need eight players to play the next game. Now hopefully, God willing, none of that matters. And there will be no contact tracing, There'll be no positive tests, everything will be fine, and this is a, a moot point, but you can't always assume that. Things can happen out of the blue. It's interesting to see how this will all unfold. Let me know on Twitter at Ryland_Styles underscore Styles what you would do if you were Coach Mark Degnott. Would you give these minutes to Isaiah Roby only? Would you combine minutes with Roby and Miller and throw some to Justin Jackson? What would you do if you were in his position to take over the roster and rotational construction of this team? I am so excited about this G League bubble. We'll find out more today as we talk with Coach Gibbs about this blue season, so follow along on Twitter for that. But, of course, we have to discuss this Houston Rockets game. George Hill was out again with that thumb injury. Ty Jerome was also listed as out, but, of course, he's assigned to the G League. So Ty Jerome, Poku, Josh Hall, and Brown will all go to the bubble on Tuesday. So Wednesday, you will not see any of those guys for the Thunder. This was the first game of the baseball-style schedule against the Houston Rockets. These two teams will play again on Wednesday. They're also going to play the Wolves back-to-back and the Lakers back-to-back in these kind of baseball series, which I don't know how we even started calling these baseball series because technically speaking, they're not exactly like a baseball series. You're not playing three times or four times, and you're also not playing every single day. Nonetheless, that's what we're sticking with. So these baseball-style schedules, which the Thunder have done really well at responding to Two losses and responding and countering each team as they play them the second time in the same week. I did lose my bet with Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked on Rockets. We bet before the game because he is just in love with Jason Tate. He thinks that Jason Tate is the next Lou Dort and better than Lou Dort. Better than Lou Dort, even though Tate's 25 and Lou Dort's not even 22 yet. But Justin Gatlin did get to pick my Twitter header, and it will stay that way until the next game on Wednesday until the ball's tipped off. It'll stay that way. In fact, I'll extend it. It'll stay until the end of the game on Wednesday uh, for Jackson with my Twitter header, which is just a, a meme of like Lou Dort crying and just Jason Tate laughing to each side of him. That's my Twitter header. So if you get confused and if you go check out those uh, G League uh, you know quotes from the media availability, that's what happened. I lost the bet to Jackson. Uh, he won. And again, I'll keep it there until the end of Wednesday's game. But this game started out terribly for Oklahoma City. They gave up 48. 8 first quarter points. They only scored 24 times in the first quarter, which getting outscored 48-24 in the first frame, not exactly a recipe for success. I I am not a basketball expert. I am no basketball coach, Uh, although I'm an undefeated upwards coach, if you cared. You know, never lost in upwards, but nonetheless. To me, that's not a recipe for success. The turnovers, they could not out-rebound the Rockets. The Rockets got anything they wanted to on the glass. And then especially the Rockets just created so many open looks and went 14 for 22 from beyond the arc in that first half. The Rockets finished this game from beyond the arc 28 for 52. I saw a brand Barr of daily thunder tweet out that uh, if the, if the Rockets went on, went ahead and missed those 27 straight threes again, they would still be shooting like over 35% in this game, which I found hilarious. Just it's one of those nights. I mean, these nights are going to happen. And, and Mark made a good point after the game. I'm not saying this is one of those kind of games, but he did say the scores can look bad. But when you go back and chart each and every defensive possession, you find out that some nights the shots were just falling. And he points out against Portland that they give up a ton of points. I mean, they, uh, they let Portland score a ton of points, but the shots were falling. They were contesting well. They were doing their rotations well. And sometimes you get unlucky. Now, in this game, the rotations were not very good. The defense was not very good. But these nights will happen. The Rockets are just red hot right now. And they have won now six in a row. And the Thunder offense is just really bad. It was just really bad tonight. We will talk about that offense. We'll talk about Darius Baisley, SGA, Lou Dort, Diallo. And then Poku goes out with the bang in his last game before that G League bubble. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at RackAuto.com. RackAuto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you probably didn't know how to work the internet properly. You couldn't even send an email. If your rotary phone rang, all of a sudden the email would stop. It was a mess. We're on high-speed internet now. We're on 4K. That's like 16 resolutions ago, 20 years ago. You could have been buying auto parts online, though, all the way back then at rockauto.com. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars. If you can't tell by these ad reads, I have no idea anything that I'm doing under the hood or beside the hood or under the car or in the car sometimes. But I do know that if I go to rockauto.com and I put my make, my model, my year into their database, they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting any money on parts I can't use or parts I don't need. I get to skip the upcharge that goes around with other retailers and dealerships. It's a phenomenal product. RockAuto.com will have everything your car could ever need. When you go there, tell them Locked On sent you in the how did you hear about us box and they'll know what to do from there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to tell you when this podcast is over to go check out Locked On NBA. East meets West on Locked On NBA Tuesdays. West Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News, and host of Locked On Warriors, and Dave Ramel, host of Locked On Heat, tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day, coast to coast. Subscribe to Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your podcast from. It is a daily podcast about the association. Check them out again wherever you get your podcast from. In this game, the Thunder got a good night from Hamid Diallo, and I think that has truly turned the corner. And I've always said in these games where Diallo plays well that he's doing it in repeatable ways. Like in this game, he goes one for two from beyond the arc. He did hit that amazing three where he starts staring down the Rockets bench after the, after cutting the lead to 28 points. He starts staring down the Rockets bench. I love that from Diallo. I, I know it might seem kind of goofy and funny, but he plays with such a passion. He plays with such an, such an energy. And even after the game and the media availability, his body language, his tone with us, the, the way that he was tapping his feet, you could just tell... Even this game where the Thunder get blown out and, you know, most people would chalk that up to, ah, It's a meaningless game in February. It's an early season game. You got blown out. It wasn't your night. So be it. You could tell that there was a certain demeanor and a certain tone with Diallo that he truly cared about winning this game as he does every single game. And you have to respect that. In this game, he plays 15 minutes. And as he points out, he would have gotten to play more minutes had he not had the three silly fouls that he had. But he'll clean that up later on. He goes six for seven from the floor, one for two from beyond the arc. Neither shot was just egregious, I mean, he was fine. He picked the spots well on both, you know, the three-point shots and inside the perimeter. He goes two for three from the free throw line. Getting to that line again off the bench is huge for Oklahoma City, who didn't get to the line all that often in this game. Only 19 trips to the line. The highest was Tail Maldon, who got there four times. Shea only gets there twice. But with Diallo, he also gives you two rebounds and four assists and a steal on his way to those 15 points. He was good in this game and I think that it's it's time to just legitimately realize that Diallo's turned the corner. He's going to be a contributor. He's going to continue to be a contributor for a long time. To me with Diallo, he'll never be a starting level player. Like he's never going to be a starter on a really really good team, but he can be a legitimate spark plug and somebody who gets the scoring going for you on the offensive end and play some high energy defense on that second unit whenever most teams sputter, whenever they put in their second group. But if Mark wants to continue to to have these line changes, even as this team progresses and gets better and better and starts to shift into win-now mode, if he wants to continue to have this 10-man rotation and, and basically play two separate lineups at all times, then that can be extremely valuable for Oklahoma City. So, Diallo's been really good. You have to give him props. Now, the big concern for this game was Lou Dort shooting, and this is another game in which he goes one for four and doesn't quite shoot the ball well. Everyone is panicking uh, you know, wondering if his shooting was a fluke. Look, since the road trip, Lou Dort is shooting 30% from deep. Again, going back to the Denver game, all the way till now, he's shooting 30% from deep. If this is his cold streak, if this is his cold spell, and it's 30%, that's really good for his skill set. Because if he improves that even a little bit, 35%, 32%, if he gets a little bit closer to average and maybe even above average, then he unlocks this next level of his game. I don't think anyone thought that he'd absolutely be a 40% shooter the rest of the season and the rest of his career. I don't think it's a fluke. I think that it's somewhere in the middle. I think that this is a cold spell right now. The start of the season was a hot spell. And somewhere around league average is where Lou Dort will finish up. But still even if he's only a 30% shooter from deep, that's still respectable enough to where he will not be a liability offensively. He can also do other things offensively that these other wings in Thunder history could not do. He can drive the ball a heck of a lot better. He can cut. He can pass. He can facilitate. He can dribble. He can do those things offensively that can allow his shooting to not be a huge liability. He can make free throws, which is a big deal. You can't just hack them. You can't leave him open, you can't hack them. And on top of all those other offensive traits that these other wings in Thunder history do not have, he might be an even better defender than all of those guys. And I think that by the end of his career, he will be a better defender than all of those guys, if he's not already. Do not hit the panic button on Lou Dort shooting yet, because if this is the steepest decline he's going to have at 30%, I still believe he levels off higher than 30%. So anywhere close to league average or above league average is incredible for Lou Dort. And it helps his game so much. So do not panic on Ludwig shooting just yet. I understand it's a lot different than the start of the season, wherever he was just knocking down everything. But just take a deep breath for a little bit. Uh, but SGA had a scary moment whenever we thought he'd tweaked his ankle, and any time that SGA looks to be limping, it is frightening for me. But in this game, he does his job, 19 points, 40% from beyond the arc, 2 for 5, 55% from the floor, 1 for 2 at the line. You'd like to see him get there a lot more, but in this game, it was kind of weird and wacky, and you know how it played out, which is kind of a sleepwalking, well, we made a tiny run to cut it to 13, and then all of a sudden, you know, the dams broke again, but he also puts up, two rebounds, five assists, a steal, and two blocks in this game. He did have another high turnover night at five turnovers. That's the growing pains of having a first-year lead guard point guard. Uh, You just chalk this one up to a disappointing game from all parties involved in this contest. But I do like the fact that Shea cared so much about getting back on the floor. Uh, I don't think that it was meant... You know, like, is it any disrespect to Mark? I think that's just a competitor wanting to play. You know, the, the sideline situation where he was not happy with Mark taking him out of the game. You have to give your, your your hat off to Mark for taking him out and looking big picture here, not just trying to you know put him in there and keep him in there to try to, try to spark a run, but to look for the future of his superstar and his rising all-star in the face of this franchise to worry about that more so than individual games. SGA comes out, gets checked out, is all cleared to go back in, and all is fine. Do not worry about that kind of mini you know, bench interaction he had with Mark. It's no big deal. This was just a sleepy game for everybody involved, and I don't think that there's too much to take away from it. Obviously, you'd like to see him cut down the turnovers and uh, get to the line more, but this is going to happen. The big takeaway has to be Diallo, who played extremely well. But Poku also gets sent out with a bang. I mean, he has a heck of a block in this game. Moses Brown erased a shot from Daniel House, which is a lot of fun to see. And again, Darius Miller's not play, which goes back to what we were talking about before, of you eliminate minutes from Moses Brown and from Josh Hall and from uh, Pukashevsky. And Darius Miller has to take minutes at that point. So it'll be fun to see what he can do in those minutes. Kenny Hustle gave you a lot tonight. He was all over the floor, continued to play at that high effort, high speed. One for three from beyond the arc, had a couple mid-range shots as well. Three for seven in total. Get you four rebounds, two assists, seven points, one foul. Plays really good defense. Nice to see from Kenny Hustle. But the Thunder are second worst in point differential in the NBA behind only the Timberwolves which is not good, and only two of their losses have been within 10 points, which is kind of deceiving. I think that a lot of those games that were not within 10 points were still more competitive than the scoreboard shows. They just kind of got out of hand late, but still, not the best. You would like to see them turn this around. I think that they will turn this around, and we'll talk about this game tomorrow. Again, voicemail episode tomorrow as well, so call in 405-362-7128 on Friday show. Uh, previewing the Wolves series, we're going to have on the host of Locked on Wolves. So it's going to be a lot of fun to have that crossover episode. And on Thursday, we'll recap the Wednesday game in which Thunder will surely make a ton of adjustments and surely have a better effort than they did in this one. The MVP of the game goes to Hamadou Diallo. Very selective with the shots, very good passing in this game also. Of course, he has the great finishing, but the passing in this game was phenomenal from Diallo trying to fill in as more of that bench facilitator with Teo Maldon with the starting group. That kind of falls on Diallo. He did a good job getting teammates involved the best he could with that second group. The mock headline today is Houston. We have a problem. The Rockets blast off against Thunder. Bet of the day outcome, I had Houston minus 5.5. That obviously hit. The money ball outcome, I picked Lou Dort, that did not hit. But if you had Al Horford, SGA, Mike Muscala, or Justin Jackson, you were a big winner in the Moneyball category. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles for the updates on the G League Ignite media availability this morning, for the Oklahoma City Blue media availability this afternoon, and I'm sure the Thunder will have post-practice availability as well because I think that they are practicing today, so we'll have even more media updates from that and then locked on thunder every single day tomorrow voicemail episode call in and we'll talk about the all-star game possibilities with the nba thinking about adding a dunk contest and a three-point contest we'll also talk about vit and what he has made news with over the weekend with oklahoma city and again your voicemails thursday recap of the rockets game friday we'll talk to lockdown wolves it'll be a good time we'll see where each team is at entering the back-to-back uh, later on this week so be good and be good to one another We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder.
1: What a perfect ending to a historic day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.